O Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Look at Psalm 119, verse 105 through 112. The scripture says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will confirm it that I will keep your righteous ordinances. I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Oh, accept the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not gone astray from your precepts. I have inherited your testimonies forever, and they are the joy of my heart. Praise God. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even until the end. I want to talk to you for a little bit about what David is revealing to us through these verses. First, he starts off by saying, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Interesting that when you light the way of your feet, you see where your feet are. And if you light the way of your path, you see where you're going. So to me, what David is showing us is that the scriptures underneath the influence of the spirit used by God as a means of grace in our life, they not only show us where we're stepping, but show us where we're misstepping. And not only this, but a light to my path means it reveals to us what is coming. In the scriptures, we can see the blessed hope. We can see that Jesus will return. In the scriptures, we can see there's a coming day of judgment. We can see what is out ahead, but also we can see in the text where we're misstepping, where we have stepped, where we are to step and where we are misstepping. What an incredible thing the word of God is to us. It shows us where we are and it shows us where we're going. It's interesting too that the lamp and the light kind of assume that we are in darkness. This world is in darkness without the word of God. Not only will we not be able to see where we are going or where we are stepping or where we are misstepping, we can't see anything. And as John says, we stumble in the darkness. The word of God is light, illumination for us. Praise God. And we know this to be inseparable from the presence of the Spirit. For the Bible is the only book that demands the author be present when it's read. And the scriptures themselves are the means by which we receive the Word of God, imparted to us by the presence of the Spirit. So we don't separate the scriptures from the presence of the Lord because Jesus tries to tie these together when he says, my words are spirit and life. I'm not saying that nobody does separate the two. Some people do do this. They put faith in the text and become literally incarnate dictionaries instead of being those who are living stones. They turn into fossils instead of life-giving, life-living stones. It's possible to do this, but we should not ever separate the two. As Charles Spurgeon has that wonderful quote when somebody asked him what's more important, worship or the word? And he says, you tell me what's more important, breathing in or breathing out. So we see here 
The word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's not men's words. It's not cleverness. This isn't making people intellectually strong. That's not merely what it what it does. It's not calculations or, or logic. It is the spoken, tested, tried, holy ordinances and testimonies, the revelations of his character and his preserved words written by men moved by the Holy Spirit. That's what this is all about. The realities of this person, God, revealed in the scriptures. Uh, but he goes on and he shows us that the link between uh, the sight that comes by his word may actually be a, affected by or linked to the full desire and commitment and resolution of the heart to keep the word. Uh, I remember seeing Jesus say in John 7, anyone who is willing to do my will, he will know whether my teaching is from God. There's something about the whole heart being in that opens the eyes. Uh, what does the, the scripture also tell us? It shows us that the, the, the heart that is pure towards God, it sees God. So it says that he resolves, he not only does he say it with his words, but he resolves it and he wills it in his heart. Uh, it's almost like me saying with my mouth, I will give you my car. But then in my heart, I gave you my car. And then thirdly, I go get my car. David is basically saying this, I'm, I'm going to give you my car. I, I desire to give you my car. I've already given it to you in my heart, but now I go and get my car. And so it is with David seeing the desire here. He says, I have sworn, I will confirm it. I will keep your righteous ordinances. There is something so important about the all-in Caleb heart, that Joshua heart that is of a different spirit, follows the Lord wholeheartedly through the word. So we see that the distress that he goes through, the pain, the, the misery even of this world, he says, I am exceedingly afflicted. Even in the midst of the pressures and the tossing and turnings of this world, he trusts in God's word and he he, and he treasures it in his heart. It's, it's his comfort. We see that he doesn't look just for for blessing per se. He's looking at the word itself, even in the midst of turmoil. It's not just for the place of comfort alone and ease. He is holding on to the word while the winds of life blow upon him. Uh, he says, I'm exceedingly afflicted. Uh, and he sees that uh, this affliction has drained life from him. But just as he looks to the word to light his feet and his way, just as he holds to the word in the midst of the distress of the day, he, he looks to the word to be revival to him, to breathe life into him. Uh, the, the same word that shows him his way is the same word that gives him his life. Praise God. Uh, he, he's looking for Christ to sustain him in weariness or the word to sustain him even in weariness. And sometimes even the way of the righteous can become weary or the righteous can become wearied. But we look to the same word that quickens us or directs us to quicken us, to revive us. Uh, this is the looking up to the Lord, even in the midst of the difficulties of life. Have you difficulties in this life? 
I've had many difficulties in this life, in my mind or in my situations, but to hold on to the word of God, this is what we see David does and reveals that this is what a wholehearted commitment looks like. So he goes on and he begins to talk about these professions, he, or he begins to profess more to the Lord. Uh, it's almost like the profession of his mouth opens his heart to learning. And listen to how he says it. He says, accept the freewill offerings of my mouth. He's, he's offering up to the Lord from the abundance of his heart. And then he says, teach me. There's a link here of freely offering ourselves to God, even with the praise of our mouths that bring us to that place where we can learn and, and we can look to the Lord to actually teach us. It's even the acknowledgement that you need to be taught. Oh, this is the humility we see over and over in David. Oh, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Uh, he, he, is, he is the one who reveals to us himself as we open up our hearts completely before him. I wrote this down that the boulder of self-will is airtight against the ears of the soul. Once that stone is rolled away by surrender, the education can then begin. It is our qualification, if you will, or let's say it is, it is the requirement fulfilled for the revelations of the Lord. Here I am, Lord. I am yours freely, offering myself to you. But he speaks specifically of, in this next verse, that his life is continually in his hand. And now I looked at different commentaries for what this could mean, but I couldn't get away from the fact that David doesn't deny that this choice is ever and always before him. His life is continually in his own hand. He can choose this or he can choose that. And it is always in front of you and I, if we're gonna hold on to the word, if we're gonna look to the light of the word, to show us where we're off, to show us where to step, to show us where we're going. It is always in our choice to do this or not to do this. And so we see that this uh, important lesson is that consistency of surrender is what David is pointing us to here. Remembering that one surrender is not sufficient. It is the surrender of the life that manifests itself in continuously surrendering the life. So we say in one moment, Lord, I surrender my life to you, which means I will live surrendered and surrendering to you. We see this in David. And in the 110th verse, we see that the wicked have laid snares for him. So he's even got major problems going on. Yet I have not gone astray from your precepts. See, in the face of snares, traps, betrayals, mistreatments. He has remained in the path of the word in its light and in its way. Oh, how often have people been led away from looking for the Lord's light because of mistreatment, because somebody did something to them or a trap was laid for them or a betrayal of some kind. It gets many off of that light that leads us in the way of the Lord or that resolute adherence to God. Here's my life, Lord. So he acknowledges that they are 
um, before his existence in this next uh, verse, he says, I have inherited your testimonies, which means he acknowledges these things have always been. Your word has always been. And this is the old way. I just read J.C. Ryle's biography, and he has this quote that he would say, the old way is better. <laughs> if you find new doctrines coming up, just remember the old way is better. Praise God. Those ancient paths. And David is showing us here that what he has seen in the scriptures reveals his God to him. Praise God. And he looks to these things that have he's inherited, for they are the joy of his heart. They reveal to him what God is like. And that is happiness itself, to see Jesus, to see God's character as he has revealed it, not only in the our own lives, but in the testimony of the scripture. We can take comfort there. So this is not only the way of righteousness, it is the joy that is found there, the joy of his heart, these readings and revealings of God's character in the lives of his men, his people, even in our midst today. But in the 112th verse here, we, he says, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes, even to the end. So he bends not his life's way towards a goal in and of itself. He, he bends his whole heart in resolution, like a marriage resolution to God through looking at him in his word. His affections, his desires are toward this one that he sees in the word of God. His words are, are what he marries eternally. It is in, There's an eternal commitment forever, he says, even to the end. He says, I don't follow until I follow indefinite. I follow forever. So there's this quote that I think fits really good here. It's from Steinberger in his book, uh, Following in the Footsteps of the Lamb. He says, he who follows the lamb in his way comes at last to where the lamb himself dwells. And the lamb is in the midst of the throne. No other way will lead there. It is following the footsteps of the lamb. And those footsteps are found in what he has revealed to us of himself in the scriptures. It's a recognition of what his word is. It is a trust in his word. It is an adherence to his word or a trust that manifests in adherence to his word. It is finding joy in his word, praise God. And it's a marriage to him through recognizing the word of God or being even married to him through being married to his word. Again, not separating the scriptures from him. I pulled a couple quotes from Plummer. These are pretty amazing. I'd write these down if, if I was you. But he says, Blessed is he who interprets providence as thereby to lead to a closer walk with God. Uh, and this is what we see David is doing with the midst of the uh, snares that are laid for him, the afflictions that are going on in his life. He looks at these things and these providences to lead him closer to his God. I'm going to read that again. Blessed is he who interprets providence as thereby to lead to a closer walk with God. If we will hold on to the scriptures, communion with Christ through the scriptures, letting him reveal himself to us through his word in the midst of trials and betrayals, we will find ourselves walking closer to the Lord. Plummer also writes, let us not fight our enemies with their own weapons, 
Let not sheep learn to bark like wolves. So even in the midst of being betrayed or the snares of life or persecutions, let us not change our nature of being lambs into barking like wolves. Let us be like those who hold on to the word and the character of that man, Christ Jesus, and follow in the footsteps of the lamb, even in the midst of betrayal. And lastly, he says, at such times, all we can do is stand in our lot, be steadfast with God, and commit our case to him who judges righteously. It seems like that is exactly what David is doing. I will hold on to your word, even in the midst of these pressures. I will find my joy there. I've been through many things in my life, as you have as well, and there's been instances in which I was overwhelmed in my mind or over uh, overruled by, <laughs> overcome by thoughts from situations that are going on in my life. And I would take my whole heart and say, I'm going to go to the scriptures and find joy there. No matter how hard it rains, I'm going to be underneath the umbrella of the word, finding my joy and my peace in what I see of my God, trusting and adhering to, finding joy in, married to God through his word. So Father, revive us in our interest of the word, because by it we see you. For you are the only key word there is in scripture, this man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus, show us yourself even as you did on the road to Emmaus, you, you, your present person, revealed to them the things concerning yourself in all the scriptures. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let us put your presence first and look at the scriptures in your presence that you might expound to us the wonderful things concerning yourself in all the scriptures. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Don't forget Tuesday nights, if you want to join us, we have a mentoring group with our partners. It's uh, an hour long every Tuesday night. Wonderful times of looking at the scriptures and praying together. Wonderful community. You can be a part of it once a week or four times, uh, once a month or four times a month. That's up to you, but I'll put a link down below. God bless you guys.